Remotely Effective Episode 4, Best Practices for Chat Collaboration. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Remotely Effective, the show where we talk about working from home and in distributed teams. I'm your host Thomas Lattimore and today we are going to be talking about best practices for collaboration in chat systems. And that can be whatever your chat system of choice is, whether that's Slack, uh, Microsoft Teams, Rocket Chats, or maybe Skype messages, or IRC, or whatever your team chooses. If you work in a distributed team, it's very likely that a significant percentage if not the vast majority of the communication with your team is going to be in one of these systems. Uh, the team that I work with currently and uh, the team, last several teams I've worked with actually used Slack primarily, but most of the systems now, whether it be, again, Microsoft Teams or Google Hangouts Chat or Rocket Chat have very similar feature sets and uh, functionality, both in their behavior and the flexibility of the APIs that they have. There's a lot of feature parity between them. So the first thing that is important when using one of these systems is to pick a standard and try and normalize that across as much of your team as possible. And if at all possible, standardize that across the entire organization. I've been in scenarios in the past where I've had to use multiple chat systems at a time between IRC or Skype or Slack. And it is extremely frustrating to have to context switch or switch apps and remember what a a given team or project's channel is in. So if at all possible, standardize on what system you're going to choose. Again, whether that's Slack or Microsoft Teams. And there may be various reasons that you choose one or another. Maybe you want to stay in a single provider's ecosystem. So you might go with uh, Microsoft if you're into the Microsoft ecosystem of things, or you may go with Google Hangouts because you want to keep as much stuff under the Google banner as possible, or maybe you're, you try and be more agnostic. So you go with Slack or maybe you go with rocket chat because you want something that is self-hosted that you can host within your organization so that you maintain control of all the data and software that is running the system. Or maybe you don't necessarily want to host the full stack 
of the, the actual operation of the chat. You just want to use an open protocol, so you choose to go with IRC. Whatever that is, come to an agreement on it. Someone make a decision and try and standardize that as much as possible. And then after you standardize it, it is good that you over time and up front where possible come to an agreement upon what are your team's sort of good practices in workflow for using your chat system. Uh, one thing that stands out for any Slack users, and that can be polarizing times for teams that use Slack, is whether to thread or not to thread in your uh, various channels. I've worked with teams in the past that didn't thread at all, and uh, in uh, my current situation... Uh, we use a lot of threads, in fact, because we have a lot of people in channels, a lot of things getting discussed sometimes in in uh, the same channel. And whatever you choose, it's important to kind of standardize on whether one or the other is acceptable. And this is for two reasons. One, so that your your team can just know what's going on. So if your team is not used to threading and then all of a sudden they get a mention in a thread, it's just, it's just sort of uh, um, surprising. And another reason is, uh, at least in Slack, that threads kind of get buried very easily, which is one reason that people tend to not like them and why I have at times not liked them as much in the past, but have, have at least become uh, sort of agnostic in my opinions of them. I don't know that they're good or bad. I think that they have good uses and that when used appropriately, threads uh, are a nice feature. But one of the major downsides of threads is that they don't push the conversation into the main channel. And that means that sometimes the visibility of conversation is not uh, as transparent to anyone who just looks at the channel at a, you know, uh, gives it a cursory glance. But it also means that it does not highlight the channel in Slack as unread. So you have to actually go up to the, the specific thread section of Slack to see uh, what threads you are a part of have been updated. So again, whatever you choose, it's just good to kind of come to some general agreement. And there may not be hard and fast rules, but at least come up with some suggestions so that people don't get uh, sort of have debates around one way or another. Just come to some general guidelines around how the tools should be used. Another thing that is good to come to a, a sense of agreement or, again, suggestions, suggestions with your team is what is your expectation of 
availability with your team, both for yourself and for your other team members with, uh, with Slack or Microsoft Teams or Google Hangouts when mobile. Unlike systems like IRC and uh, if anyone used Skype in the early days, uh, Skype didn't have a real great mobile client early on. Uh, Slack and these other systems have great mobile clients that work as well, if not better in some cases, on mobile devices such as iOS and Android as they do on desktop. So what are your expectations of your team to be available via chat when they are, quote, off the clock or away from their desk? I myself am in a situation where I'm not usually on call, and if there is an emergency, someone can get available, uh, can get a hold of me uh, just through calling me if there's a genuine emergency. So I opt to leave Slack off of my phone outside of times when I'm traveling specific to work. I don't have to travel uh, every month or even every other month for work. So when I do have a travel date coming up a day or two before, I'll install Slack on my phone so that when I'm in transit and then also just when I'm sort of working on the go at the airport and such that um, I can access uh, both my team and any other information that may be happening in Slack from my phone. But I do understand that that may not be the same scenario for everyone. Maybe you're someone that has to be on call a lot, so it is convenient for you to have Slack on your phone so that uh, when you get an alert or something, you can you can check it from there and don't necessarily have to go to your, your laptop or your desk uh, to see what's going on or to check in with someone. Um, again, that's uh, coming from my personal scenario, but whatever your personal situation is, it's good to make sure that the expectation is, is sort of clear with your team. Um, and this is especially important if you have people that work across multiple time zones. Uh, I work with a team that is off of, uh, crosses a bunch of different time zones. So I'll get messages really late at night or really early in the morning for my time zone. And my team understands that I will see those and respond first thing in the morning when I'm back at my desk and starting my workday. There isn't an expectation of me to respond in the evening. If there is a genuine emergency, again, someone can get a hold of me uh, via my phone, actual phone number, and then anything else just gets put in Slack and I respond to it when I am available. And that's the workflow that we have, but they may be different for you. And whatever it is, again, just make it clear to the team that you work with. And sort of along these lines of leaving messages when people are not necessarily available to uh, talk right then or maybe away from their desk entirely, 
is I encourage people to not just say hi or hello when they initiate a conversation with someone in uh, their chat system, whether that's in the public channel through or a uh, a main channel through an at mention or through private messaging someone. You can be very friendly and cordial and say, hello, how's your day going? Or how's your afternoon going? Or how's this project going? Hey, I've got a question for you. Or hey, what do you think about this? Or I just wanted to give you an update along these lines of this part of the project. And this is really important because if you have people across different time zones or work very different schedules, you got people that uh, have meetings that overlap in different ways at different times. If you just say, hey, or hello, or hey, I've got a question for you. And at the time I go back and respond and say, yes, what is your question? If you're not available at that time, we just had uh, two messages that went back and forth and didn't actually get to the roots of what the conversation is about. So you can say, hey, hello, again, fulfill the social contract <laughs> and you know, be friendly, but go ahead and just say what, what you need to say. Again, if it's a question or an update or anything like that. And uh, it, I find that it's especially needed when your team is across multiple time zones because a lot of times when I'm starting my day in the morning, there may be people that are still at lunch or have ended their day early in another time zone, or I maybe have gotten a message from someone that's late my time the day before at the end of their workday, and they haven't even started their workday yet. But even if you're not across time zones, it still can, you know, you still have those times where, you know, everybody's bouncing back and forth between meetings or people choose to take lunch at a little different time and things like that. It's important to just, just state what you need up front along with, you know, your general friendly introduction for the day. And along the lines of keeping things personal, it is good to learn the communication style of other people on your team. And this is something that you only learn over time or you may pick up little bits and pieces of it here and there. Uh, some examples are maybe some people are a little bit shorter in their communication. Like they may be uh, write in Slack a little bit more along the lines of how people write uh, you know, SMS or, or iMessage or whatever, you know, from a phone where they're not necessarily writing in complete sentences all the time. They may write five or six words until they complete a thought and then just return and then send three or four messages to complete a thought. And some people may write in longer form using, you know, precise, grammatically correct statements. And some people may use emojis heavily. And some people may really like using animated GIFs. I myself use both of those. But there's people that don't necessarily like that or don't appreciate it, that feel like it adds unnecessary noise to a conversation. 
And that's not something that you can or I think should try and standardize across your team, but it's good to just sort of keep an eye out for how different people on your team communicate and learn, at least in a general sense, their communication style and their preferences. And along the lines of people's communication styles, and this gets on the more personal level, is sometimes things when it's just over text, especially again when those are maybe really short messages or you don't hear people's tones and you don't know what's going on in their day, you may not really understand how people are wanting a given message to come across. So, what I try and do is always assume that people on the other end of Slack or sending the message or whatever have the best intentions for myself, my team, and the project until proven otherwise. So even if like, ah, there's maybe a little bit of edge in their tone or And that was really a little bit maybe harsh or harsher than, to me, it comes across harsh. And it may not have been their intention. It may not, they may not have wanted to come across short. Or maybe they were trying to actually be encouraging by bringing a little bit of a critique. And I do want to mention, I'm not talking about uh, types of scenarios where, you know, fill in the blank of, oh, Um, I think I may need to report this to HR. Not talking about that type of extreme, more extreme scenario. I'm just talking about maybe a little bit more uh, shortness or uh, a little bit more bluntness in a communication style than maybe I'm used to or I'm not really understanding the tone of the person on the other end. I try not taking things personally and assume that they have the best intentions for myself and the project, especially if it's a slight critique. Again, I'm not talking about extreme scenarios where something would need to be reported to HR, just general communication around uh, the project and the work and, and that sort of thing. And, you know, it may, if you work in an, a, a little bit larger organization, there's times where you may interact with someone over Slack for your first interaction with them before you've ever talked to them on a call or ever seen them face to face. It's highly likely that if you work in a a large distributed team that your first interaction is going to be in Slack. So it's good to just assume that people, people are coming from a place of, of, um, positivity and genuineness, even if they don't necessarily come across that way up front. And moving away from the more personal side of communications to the more robotic side of chat systems, a lot of these new systems have really robust APIs for getting notifications from other services like Jira and Trello and error logging um, 
services and notifications from whatever uh, Git uh, source control hosting you use and maybe even uh, email. I think Slack, at least at one point in time, had an email address feature where you could like forward email addresses to a given Slack channel. These are very useful tools and I myself like to keep as much communication, at least notifications, inside Slack as possible, even if it means that the actual updates go into Jira, for example, or the actual comments and, and merge requests happen in GitHub or GitLab. It's nice to keep that in Slack and not have to feel like I have to check my email a lot throughout the day to make sure I'm up to date on all those different systems. But this does pose a problem sometime. If you get three or four systems in a channel like this and the, the, the team is very active across all these different places, it can get very noisy in Slack. So I personally like to have an alert channel set up for uh, whatever team it is. So if you have a team for... Uh, my super awesome website development or my super awesome website, it is good to set up a separate channel and name it something along the lines of my super awesome website alerts or my super awesome website hyphen uh, notifications or something like that. That way, you can keep your notifications in Slack. You'll You'll see, you know, the channel highlighted when there's unread messages in there. And you can keep all the stuff in the same place, but your actual conversation in the main channel for the team or the project doesn't get interrupted by getting blown up by, you know, Jira notifications. Jira is a real offender in this, uh, um, area because uh, it sends out a notification for uh, a lot of different things that you may update on a given issue. So if you create an issue and then you move it to a different status and then you maybe assign it to a different component and then you leave a comment or anything like that, each one of those is going to be an individual notification. So it's easy to get blown up by four or five messages in a channel at a time just related to one JIRA issue. It's really annoying to be right in the middle of a conversation in a Slack channel and then just get, um, you know, blown up by a bunch of those. Um, so again, separate alerts channel for all that all that noise. That's that's useful information, but doesn't necessarily relate to the back and forth conversation that happens in a main channel. And the last and final thing I want to say about best practices for chat systems is know when you don't need to use it. So along the lines of establishing good practices for uh, um, whatever chat system you, you use, also know when that system doesn't need to be used for whatever the given thing is. So I usually lean towards if this... Uh, conversation or message at all is going to have to be referenced later, whether it's actionable work 
or something that needs to be fleshed out in you know, a, a broader specification or design document or needs to be archived in, in a readme or some other type of documentation or needs to be stored in a, maybe a company handbook is move that to whatever the respective system may be. You know, if it's a design specification, move it to Google Docs. If it's something actionable, move it to JIRA. If it's, you know, handbook related, move it to whatever handbook your organization or whatever system rather your organization uses to store their handbook and have, again, clear expectations on where, what each of those places are and you know, a good idea in your head of, oh, this, this probably needs to get moved into JIRA now, or, oh, this, this probably deserves to be a comment on a, a merge request for our source control system, or, um, this is getting too long and we need to move it to Google docs or something like that. Have, you know, good, clear expectations around all that. So most of these systems don't have great search functionality, and it's not really what they're for. They're for, you know, synchronous back and forth communication. It's not meant to uh, serve as an archive for your work and for your conversation. And that's it for this episode of Remotely Effective. Again, my name is Thomas Lattimore, and I look forward to talking to you next time. <laughs>